Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we have two of our favorite cosmetology school owners and instructors with us, Lauren Mosier and Roderick Samuels, the directors of Hair Lab Detroit Barber School, a branch of the Taylor Andrews Academy Schools. Yes, Welcome that both. correct. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad to have you both. You are actually my first school owners on the podcast, which I am not only honored, but I'm very excited. I'm just so excited to talk about school from an owner's perspective and some of those things that I think students really don't get the opportunity to get to understand behind the curtain of what schools are really trying to um, make happen for them. Because at the end of the day, like, like school owners, I think are just trying their best to make students have the best opportunities in this industry. You know, as we as we first start thinking, okay, I'm going to get into the hair game and I'm going to go to school. You know, you have this vision of what school's going to be, and then the reality. Once I get into it, like I don't really know what to expect. I don't really know how to act. I don't really know anything other than what I've seen on the freaking phone and Instagram, and that's uh-huh. all glitz and glam and far from reality. So, you guys, I think, are in a, a very distinct position in order to really educate someone on what to expect to happen, what they need to do in school in order to be prepared for success when they get out. Uh So if someone comes in the first day, okay, I'm an open book. What do I need to do? How do I become successful? How do I become this guy on Instagram that I want to be? How do I become this famous barber? Can I start if you don't mind? Yeah. I think, you know what? um, Well, two things. Thank you guys so much for having us. Uh, we are definitely, definitely very, very excited about this. Um, to Russell, to, to answer your question, I think that people's perception of what a barber school or cosmetology school should look like is an Instagram reel. You know, and mm-hmm. I tell uh-huh. students all the time, you can't learn shit from a 30 second clip, right? So yeah. they show you the before, they show you the after, but it's the things, it's the sticky, gruesome things in between mm-hmm. that a lot of students don't get. So um, I think that you know, the most important thing is that when you do come into cosmetology or barber school, come in glass empty. Where we have a problem is, and I I don't know how wide this is all over the country, but we have a lot of people that are working in shops unlicensed right now. So Uh. they think that they have this idea because they can do a taper and a fade that they call themselves barbers, right? Well, you know, like I do, that there's there's 10,000 hours to master we only get them in the state of Michigan for eighteen hundred. So, which is insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Insane. But but think about think about this as someone who directs the education and is very very passionate about making sure that these students have opportunities to do amazing things. Imagine the anxiety of squeezing ten thousand hours into an eighteen hundred hour process. We don't use the term program. We use process. We have a barber process, not a program. What students need to understand is that your words determine your world. So if you understand that barber school or cosmetology school is a process, I think that psychologically it'll be easier for you to kind of go go the course and make it happen versus, well, a program starts here and it starts here. And now I need to gauge what I didn't learn in between these two things. So uh-huh. if our Cosmo babies will understand that cosmetology school, barber school is not a program, it's a process, trust the process. There's going to be things that you don't like to do. 
Most students don't like to do those things because it's uncomfortable, because they've never done it before. Well, yeah. that's the main reason to do it. But just having that understanding that it's a process, I think that will help a lot more of our future professionals coming into the industry mm-hmm. ease into it a lot easier versus giving themselves unnecessary anxiety mm-hmm. by, oh, well, my, my my haircut doesn't look like it does on an Instagram. It's not supposed to. It's, yeah. not, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, not, how, yeah. it's not how it works. I, and I, I can't agree with it more. I mean, you're going to get out what you put in, right? I talked to you guys a little bit before we started, but I mean, for the audience, I did an apprenticeship, so I never went to school. So um, I did an apprenticeship in an Aveda salon. So anybody that's in the Aveda world knows that there, there is some structure involved in that yes. situation. Um, and there was structure involved in the way that I did things within those salon walls. But as far as the, the training goes, um, there was some structure, but it was mostly me doing it on my own and practicing on my own. I did all the bookwork on my own. And so coming into the school business where everything is sort of handed to the student to have some of them not do the work, you know, and then they walk out of it and they don't know anything or, or, you know, the school didn't teach them anything. But while everything is being handed to you, if you're not consuming it and you're Uh hiding from the drills and you're hiding from the practical applications and you're hiding from the theory and you're in the bathroom and you're outside smoking and you're, you know, on your phone the whole time, like you're going to walk away from this, not being prepared. So, you know, we have half of our, we get complaints daily, right? So it's either they're learning absolutely nothing or or way too much. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so how are, I don't understand like how these are the complaints that we're getting in their polar opposites, but you know, you've got certain people coming in fighting every step of the way, you know, because they already feel they've arrived and, and there's nothing that we 25 year veterans of the industry could tell them that they (laughs) who started school last month, you know, doesn't already know. But, you know, the big thing is that I think for those really driven students, they're always anxious and they never feel like they're where they should be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so who are you going to blame? You're going to blame the school. Well, it's not the school's job. The school's job is to make you safe and sanitary and know how to get from point A to point B. But they, the state doesn't care if you're good. That's not our job. They just want you to know procedure. Exactly. I mean, this is public safety that we're talking. So if we wanted to be realistic about what the school's job is, the school's job is to make sure that you're not spreading infection. Yeah. Yes. Sanitation, sterilization and procedure. That's Mm infection. And beyond that, the state doesn't care what we do. Doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to be perfect. And mostly it's, can you do it sanitarily, right? So like, (laughs) you don't even have to be good, but if your tools are clean, then good job for you. Yes. Here's your life. Yeah. So you've got, you know, that, that world of thought, like I'm never going to be good enough because you're anxious, right? Because you are a driven person and you want to do good and you want to impress your clients and you want to do all these things. By the way, I've been doing this for almost 27 years. I still don't feel good enough. Yeah. I'm still working on me, whether it be in business, whether it be technique, whether it be, you know, a number of different things. So, right. And, Uh and, you know, how, you know, the good schools from the not so great schools is, do you walk away from your school knowing just the basic haircuts, right? Square form, round layers, right? The taper, the fit, like, can you do, do you know those basic haircuts? The rest will come. The timing will come. The confidence will come again. It's 10,000 hours. Even if we were the best school on on the face of the planet, you are not going to be amazing when you graduate from here, no matter what we do, you know, and another thing is that we don't see a lot of 
practice outside of, you know, they come in, they avoid the work while they're here, and then they go home and do it more. They <laughs> avoid it there too. So then, you know, as a school, it is hard because we do want all of our students to be successful, but we can only give so much if you're not consuming it. And if they do go home Absolutely. and focus, not supervised, so you're going home watching a video on YouTube or Instagram, and they're not telling you step-by-step step how to properly hold that shear, how to properly hold your clipper, uh-huh. why it's so important to section. Oh my gosh, sectioning. Th- these things are very, very important. So they go home and they're working on their friends or their mannequin and they're doing it the wrong way. But yeah. they would be more willing to fight you when you come in. Well, well, well I did it this way because it's, it's, it's more comfortable. Well, in our industry, you have to get the mindset that you have to be comfortably uncomfortable. Uh-huh. With every single thing. Um, I come from more of a barbering background. My wife, more of a stylist background. I hated going to classes with her. 1,000%. <laughs> like, we go to a trend class. Yeah. Oh, my God. I get stabbed at a shootout. It was not comfortable for me at all, right? But one thing that I did pick up was being uncomfortable. It made me more hungry to learn. But also, it made me a little bit more driven and determined to to get to that level to where she was, you know? Even though we're a couple, we're married, we've been together for well over a decade right now. We're it's competitive. Very competitive. Very competitive. <laughs> get get off the camera, boom. Okay. <laughs> um, in silent classes, I'm like, that's all you got? That's all you got? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Excuse me. I can check my work. I'm done. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it's important for everybody that's listening or watching to understand that come in eyes wide shut. Be bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, but sometimes you got to, my wife said earlier, sometimes you got you have to have a little bit more tunnel vision. You have to really put those blinders on and focus on what's in front of you and not worry about what everybody else say, what they say. Mm-hmm. I do want to add, and then this is for all the hair babies out there, because this was something that for me was hard. So I specialize in curly hair. Um And I was traveling, teaching that around the country, different shows and all of that. And at some point we got hired by a salon in Ohio to come and do a curly hair cutting class. So around that time, I had stopped doing all of the hair shows with the curly cutting specifically because what was happening is they're booking me for look and learns. I'm in there for an hour. I do this look and learn curly hair cutting. And everyone would leave like, I learned how to do curly haircutting from Lauren Mosier. And they're like (laughs) totally destroying clients' hair. And I'm like, and they're over there saying like, and I learned it by watching her, right? So I started to realize that these look and learns without me standing there to be like, okay, no, you're holding it a little, you know, you're holding the hair wrong or you're not giving it enough tension or, you know, you need to hold your body a little bit different when you're doing this cut. They were not doing it correctly, no matter how long these people had been doing hair. They could have been in the industry 20 years. But what they saw and what they absorbed and what they understood was not what I was teaching. So I stopped doing the look and learns and they only wanted to book us for a look and learn. And I said, I I don't want to do it. I'm not comfortable. Um, Why are we doing it this way? This is just a really stupid class to book look and learn. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, we stopped doing hands-on because we weren't selling tickets because people were so uncomfortable to come in here and cut in front of other stylists, Mm, even mm. for a class, right? So this is an education thing that nobody's doing. Now I say that to say, I know we hear this a lot on our floor that 
oh, I learned it on YouTube. I don't need to listen to you, right? To our instructors. Like our instructors Ooh. don't know anything. They already learned everything on YouTube. They can't be taught. But I promise you, especially being new to the industry, what you think you learned on YouTube is probably not correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I want to say that because as somebody that is so passionate about curly haircutting and I want to, I want to get it to everybody that I possibly can, I had to stop doing it on video and on look and learn because everyone walked away from it thinking they were, they had mastered all these techniques and mm. they're out here butchering everybody. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's important to realize that without somebody standing there to correct your, your form, your, your understanding of the topic, are you really getting anything out of it? Or mm -hmm. are you just telling yourself, you know what you're doing and then not listening to anybody that's yeah. giving you constructive criticism. And that's important. Well, I wonder know. how much of the new guard, the, the young kids that come in and the people that are addicted to their cell phone and can't stay off their cell phone is giving them short attention span disorder. How much of that is really causing the issue and the problem that they can't focus long enough, they can't pay attention? Then you combine that with anxiety that they get from acting interpersonally with somebody, having right. a conversation with somebody. Now I'm going to go cut hair in front of somebody and a bunch of people I don't know. The anxiety yeah. is real. So yeah. how do we bridge that gap from, okay, I've learned it on my phone, but I haven't really learned anything. I was just entertaining myself by watching this class. If I even paid attention to it, because it was only 30 seconds long, yeah. I couldn't pay attention all 30 seconds. I only got about 12 in. I had to go to the next one. <laughs> so how do we bridge that gap from so, the, the short attention span to actually learning something? Um, and, and I, I, I have something to add to that and it, and not because I do this with videos, but I have a naturally short attention span as a human. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did start to notice when I was younger and I was going to all the Aveda trend classes, right? So every year they'd have these trend classes yeah. and they would mm -hmm. have the super famous hair, whoever come in and do a bowl cut that you're never going to do on a client because who the <laughs> F is getting bowl cuts in 2000? Nobody. Um, if I had hair, I'd have the most righteous bowl cut you've ever seen. Literally. I took all the classes at the beta. I learned all the bowl cuts. It was wonderful. But I sat there in one of these trend classes one time. And I remember just, you know, when you're young and you have a bad attitude, right? So I'm, I was our students at the time. Mm -hmm. Why the hell do I have to be here on my day off to take this stupid bowl cut class? No, none of my clients are getting a bowl cut ever in history. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do this. But I, I really like in that moment that I was in this class. No, this was like the day that everything changed in my career. I was pissed. And I'm sitting there <laughs> just seething. Like I could be at home smoking cigarettes and watching soap operas. And I'm here watching this fancy bowl cut. But I said, okay, if you have to be here, just find something to take away from this day to make it not so useless, right? Uh -huh. And in that ugly ass bowl cut that they were doing, they did this technique to blend layers that I had never seen in my existence. And and when in my young, naive, immature hairdresser mind, I always looked at it as I was learning haircuts, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So I never looked at it like, oh, this is how you do inverted layers. It was always like, I'm doing this bob, right? It, were, mm -hmm. I, it was never like, we're doing a square layer haircut. It was like, here's how to do a shag, right? So it was always like 
this haircut that I was learning. Mm -hmm. And I didn't before this understand that you could remove the techniques from the haircut mm -hmm. and use them in other ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm sitting there watching this ugly bowl cut, like just, okay, there's gotta be something I can take away from this. Is it the bangs? No, nobody wants those bangs. Like, is it the back? Nope. Nobody wants the back either. But then he did this thing with these layers and it changed the way I cut straight hair for the rest of my career. And I still use this technique to this day to blend layers. So my advice is if you're going to be entertaining yourself with these videos, now I do it too, because I'm on TikTok, right? And I'm like, oh shit, that was a really cool highlighting thing they did there. Okay. You take that one thing and then you incorporate it into the basics that you're learning at school, mm -hmm. right? So you take that one layering blending technique with shears and not blenders and you apply it to every straight haircut, you know, obviously that makes sense, right? Every straight haircut that it would make sense to add that to, but you start to take those techniques out of what you're watching. So you're not watching it as a whole, you're watching it as like little tools to put in your arsenal for mm -hmm. as you're going along. And I think that was one of the hardest things I had to learn is that I'm going to all these classes learning haircuts. Yeah. Cause yeah. You, you guys have all been to manufacturer you oh, know, yeah. driven education. It's always yep. haircuts. It's these trend haircuts that uh -huh. are like, you have to learn how to commercialize those trends and how to use those techniques in your basic form haircuts. Mm -hmm. What are they called? Yeah. Form, form. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you foundational of these? Yeah. Like, it's like haircuts, y'all teach out there. You can tell I didn't go to school. <laughs> I run the business. You need a you need a student loan or an LOA. I got yeah. you, boo. But yeah, you <laughs> need a curly haircut. I'm over here winning awards for hair and running financial. So yes. In the beginning, when you're young and you don't have that foundation to draw upon or build upon, I think that the step that's missing is, okay, I watch this video, I understand it conceptually, but I don't understand it physically. They don't mm -hmm. ever take the idea of the technique and actually apply it, and then in an application is where you see Oh, well, I missed something. Oh, wait, what do I do there? Mm -hmm. I missed this. I missed that. I miss all these things. So it's the application. I wish that I could tell them you don't know something until you've actually done it at least once. Right. More yeah. than likely, yeah. you're probably going to have to do it 10 times. Uh -huh. Well, and like even him and I took, took a, a class one time that was just look and learn. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, like $25 at wherever, whatever we were at. We walked away. It was the dumbest money spent. Like we both walked away. Like, I don't, did you learn anything? Like, I can't, like, I tried to do some, one of the cuts when we got home and I was like, I can't like, and I've been doing hair 20 years. Right. Like, yeah, I still am like, I don't know. So I, I think that's the thing is getting that practice in, um, and finding, you know, when I was younger and I was doing my apprenticeship, I always practiced on my sister, which is how I got good at curly cutting because she had curly hair and she mean uh you know like <laughs> pick people that are gonna be mean though and i know those are the most uncomfortable people to do their hair but like they're gonna be honest yeah and they're gonna be just wretched with their delivery but you will never make that same mistake twice you know what yeah some, sometimes as students you guys listen you think your instructors are mean you think that oh. oh. get a client who does not like their hair or just doesn't like life Right. They, right. Just, they don't like life. You know what I'm saying? Everything is horrible. 
in their life. And then you, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. true. It, it's funny. I was talking with um, Aaron recently and we were talking about how like hindsight really is so, you know, so 2020. And I <laughs> look back at my experience in cosmetology school and it's like, damn, I walked out of there thinking I knew everything. And like I did, I went to a nicer school. It wasn't super cheap. It was like a higher end private school. And like, but, but what I realized now, you know, so many years later is that I thought I understood the theory portion of it because that's how my brain works is that I like the theory of it. I was like, I totally get this. Like I understand all of it, but it's when it came to the practical application is where it was like, Oh my God, why can't I do this? And it was so frustrating, which is why it was always so important to me to find an assistant program after cosmetology school, because I still had that arrogance and the confidence of like, yeah, no, I know, I know how to do all of this. But at the end of the day, I was like, no, I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I do not know mm -hmm. how to do all of this. Actually, we, we actually get a lot of that too. You know, um, I, I make the biggest effort to explain to the students that if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's kind of like the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of what you're doing, you probably like, right? It's, it's kind of cool or whatever. But 20% is really what you need to be leaning into. So a lot of our students don't like to do book work. They only like to work practical. Mm -hmm. I explain to them, listen, that's the 20%. Lean into the book work. Lean into doing your, your smart notes. Lean into that stuff. But the rest of your time you're here, you can actually have fun and cut on your mannequin or your, or your classmates or whatever the case may be. But you 100% you, you have to have the focus of being a sponge. You got you to gotta absorb every single thing that's coming your way, regardless of how stupid or dumb you think it is. Or, uh -huh. you, you know, you're not going to you may not like your instructor. Well, guess what? You work inside of a salon or a shop. You might not like the person that's sitting right next to you. So you have to learn how to adapt. You could be a shop owner that doesn't like some employees, but the yeah. employees are good for the company, right? We've been yes. in situations where we've had stylists we didn't really like, but they were good mm -hmm. for the company. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, just personally rubbed us the wrong way. But like you make decisions that you've got to just tolerate certain things. You got to play, you, you know, a lot of people in our industry, especially students, they play not to lose. Mm -hmm. In this industry, you got to play to win. Yes. You know, and I get that. My mom used to used to play spades all the time back in the day. <laughs> and she when I would play where she'd be like, hey, we're not playing not to lose. We're playing to win. So the hand you dealt, you play it to the best of your ability. For all the students that's listening, the hand that you're dealt, you play it to the best of your ability. I promise you, you'll come out on top every uh -huh. single time. But you got to be a sponge. You got to absorb it. Yeah. School is not a program. It's a process. It's yeah. a process. I, I love the way that you put that because it really... It, and it's one of my favorite things about you, Broderick, in general, because I've seen you speak so many times before, and you really, truly have this way of making words so much more understandable just by like slightly changing them. And it's like, like you said, instead of calling it a program where there's a beginning and an end, it's like there's the process because processes sometimes mm -hmm. never end. God has blessed me with a saint in my wife. When she came into this position, she had no idea about anything that was going on, whether it be the financial aid, whether it be, you know, uh, accreditation, none of that stuff. And even now in her 20 plus years of being in this industry, she dug in and she locked in and she mm -hmm. learned every single thing about her new position. So I just wanted to publicly thank you for that because I noticed <laughs> um, all those mental breakdowns you've lived through. Well, I mean, that's, you know, happy spouse, happy house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's never too late. It's never too late to learn something new. And when you learn something new, you get this intrinsic feeling like, man, this is really, really awesome. When that little thing in the back of your head clicks, that's where you really, really know that this is for you and this industry is for you. That you know, we we always talk about lifelong learners. It just doesn't stop when you come out of school. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm begging to take a class right now. I got some other things that I need to do first, but there's a class that I want to take really, really bad. But there's some stuff. Can't get it. <laughs> so I still want to, it's the class I want to take, y'all, and I want to take class really, really bad. But I also know that you know, um, it's a, it's very a uh, hair cliche, but you got to keep the main thing. The main thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if hair is what you love and that's what you want to do, that's the main thing. So make that the main thing. You, you come into school every day, be in uniform. Um, uh-huh. One of the things that we started talking to our students about is uh, time. We have a lot of students that come in late all the time. Well, your best ability is availability, especially when you first start out, right? Uh-huh. So there's going to be times when you got to sit and you got to wait. You got to watch everybody else in the shop cut hair, do hair, whatever the case may be. But there's going to be that one time where everybody's booked. There's going to be a walk-in, come in, and hey, I need to get my hair done today. When you're readily available for that one client, guess what? You gain clients one at a time. You also lose clients one at a time. Uh So understand that that one client could change your whole trajectory in this industry. I think that's the beautiful thing Mm -hmm. about being artists and craft hairdressers is because we we just have what it takes. But you got to believe in yourself first to make that to make that first step happen. Absolutely. And just kind of piggybacking off of that, as someone that currently runs an assistant program in a salon, like those small details that I know I even got frustrated with in school, you know, being on time, being in dress code, showing up every day and just doing the work that is asked of me, that doesn't stop when you leave school. Because if you go into an assistant program, there may be a dress code. You have to show up. You have to attend your classes. You have to go get your models. Like there's still things that you have to do. And I think, I think that's important to realize from day one, like when you sign up for this industry, like you kind of got to be prepared to hold yourself accountable and, and do the work. Yeah. And we, you know, a lot of what we see um, it is just that lack of accountability and, and just not understanding that, you know, we get a lot of pushback all day, just people sign up for school, but then fight every single rule that they signed up for. And uh-huh. it, it takes away from the education uh, that everyone else is getting. But the bigger point is, these are connections with people that are already established in the industry that you're ruining as a student when you are difficult and rude to everybody that works that, you know, like the uh-huh. instructors and in our case, directors, we've got a lot of pull in the area and nationally, you know, even if you're not getting everything that you think you should be getting out of school, that is one thing that every single school has is people that work there that are connected to the industry, whether they're connected like Roderick and I, or just in your local area, when you're difficult to deal with every day, you're just really severing all of those ties that you're actually starting your career with just because of the school you went to. And I think that's really important to think about. It's just being a nice, agreeable person, whether you want to follow. I mean, we all have rules in our lives that we're like, this is the dumbest. I mean, Mm-hmm. We do school loans. Do you not think that I have rules that are applied to my job on a daily basis from the federal government that I'm like, excuse me, what? Yeah. Every day, right? But 
you got to call the department of Adam. I hope you're having a wonderful day and be really nice to these people. Cause at mm. the end of the day, these are the connections I need. Right. And so, Absolutely. you know, that is one part of school that I think is important to realize too, is that when you have a guest educator come into your building to do a class and you sit there like this, the whole time they're teaching, you run into them five years down the road at a hair show that you're or maybe, they remember that Bible. or maybe yes. you're going for, you know a job at a place that they are at you know those little things that seem so insignificant are the most significant yeah. those Absolutely. connections will take you further than the square form haircut that you hid in the bathroom for right so yep. um you know you can be the least talented talented hair person in the world, but if you have a winning personality, you will make all the money. So it's true. You know, those are, those are really important things to focus on too, that I've, that I think are just generally downplayed. Well, you hear people all the time in our industry, you know, people, you know, it's cliche, right? We're not in the hair business. We're in the people business, right? Uh There's no truer saying whatsoever. When you when you're dealing with somebody one-on-one, you develop this emotional bond. We're not, you know, um, we're not selling, Haircuts, we're selling an emotion, right? Uh-huh. We're selling, it's, it's all about how you make people feel. At the end of the day, you know, when I first started off, when we were in the salon, you know, I would have this one client that would come in and she would always want this bob, right? Well, I'm a barber, right? And not that I can't cut a bob, but, you this know. such a good story. My, my he can't cut better. a bob. He couldn't cut a bob. <laughs> I believe in you. Listen, though, we had gotten into the, into the, the just the, the thing, right? We have our shop and I'm like, oh, Supercut. My husband does those. Here you go. And it was just, it just worked out, right? We were both just building along. But this woman loved her some Roderick. Loved her some Roderick. I'm like, it looks like he caught that hair with his eyes closed. And she's like, it's beautiful. Like, just kept coming back. And I'm like, make that money. Make that money. Go ahead and give her a little hug. I've never. I've never seen a, a, a wife actually pimp their husband out. Um, <laughs> she was like, get the money. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> my aunt wants to kiss you in the mouth, but I think she'll loan us money. Could you? <laughs> so, yes, I'm 100%. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting my chapstick out. I'm getting everything. Um, needless to say, she kept coming back. She kept coming back. And Lauren, one day after, after we had closed his lawn, she said, why does this woman continuously come back to you. I mean, you did get really good at that Bob, though. He got really good. She kept coming back. But you know what what the thing was? He made her feel special. And I don't think she had anyone in her life. Well, I mean, you ain't got to downplay my skills like that. Oh, look, I couldn't even (laughs) wink. I I mean, I I can do a Bob, right? I just wasn't really good and technical at it like she was, right? Totally. But the idea behind the whole thing was I had a client to come in I gave her an amazing shampoo. I took the time to explain to her what I was using, why I was using it, while I used it. I brought her back to the chair. I walked with her, not in front of her and not behind her, because we talked about the details, right? Uh-huh. Um, I sat her down and I gave her a consultation. Um, and then we went. You even through. did her color, I think. I yeah, he did all. all Barbers can color. We don't need to do no collaborations up in here. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do color too. But the the, the 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 moral of the story is, you know, you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, uh-huh. right? That's I'm from South Carolina. That's the South talking, mm-hmm. right? If you're nice to people, gen, generally, you can basically get 
whatever you want. If you're nice to people, yeah. if you're not nice to people, if you give everybody your butt to kiss, trust me, nobody wants to be around that. Those are very yeah. low vibrating people. Mm -hmm. High level performance people don't deal with stuff like that. So if you want to be a high high level, high performance barber or stylist, you got to group yourself around those like-minded people so that everybody can come together. Um, we have a saying here at the school, we're going to lift as we climb, right? So as we're getting better every day, there may be a student who's not as good. I didn't mean you, babe, but there may be a oh, student. <laughs> we already covered what I learned the last Well, you already told everybody that I was trash. So <laughs> I, guess I don't know. Um, but as we're growing through the program, our senior students, they help the younger students. Our mid-grade students, they help the the, the young students, they become practice. So get in a group of, get in with a group of, of like-minded students so y'all can grow together. That's that's the key. Mm -hmm. And those are the students you meet up with on the weekend. You're like, hey, let's get together and color our hair. Cause between the five of you, like somebody will be able to pull the knowledge together to do it the right way, right? Absolutely. There's a bright spot too. We have a lot of our students that go into barbershop together right now mm -hmm. on Saturdays and they just go and watch other barbers. They, but yep. they go as a group. And, they, you know, I'm, I'm getting pictures on Instagram. Hey, Mr. Sam, yo, check us out. We had so-and-so barbershop. And I'm like, oh, I know, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Or, or I know that young lady. So we're really working hard to build an amazing culture um, that is conducive to building a community. You know, um, mm -hmm. here in Michigan, um, unlicensed barbers and stylists are all over the place, right? You guys may have seen that. that yeah. Uh, news story about the, the the can of spray blowing up in the, the lady's face and wow. that's unlicensed yeah people that don't, don't understand that maybe you shouldn't have a can of hair i could be a licensed person doing that too it was just unfortunate because she happened to also not be licensed like i was like i would totally uh, set a hot can of sub next to a curling iron when i got busy <laughs> yeah. totally yeah is, i have a license so it's okay <laughs> Kind of like your liabilities. I mean, right? Things happen, right? Like I think she just wasn't looking, and it just like. But you've lost everything at this point yeah, because sure. you don't have your your license. Mm -hmm. And for the people that are looking to I think in the beginning, you were asking about like doing shows and and all of that stuff if they want to grow into that. And I think I think getting really comfortable with the basics is a good place to start. But I oh, think yeah. understanding that it is a process and that you know it does take a while, but making sure that you're at all the events. I know we did a lot of that when, you uh -huh. know, when we first started and we wanted to teach at shows or be involved in shows or do all that. We were literally, I mean, on our own dime, broke, mm -hmm. just whatever, finding a way. But the thing is, is it's that networking and we're going into classes and seeing how it's done and learning, right. Just by watching the way it runs, but like just being in those opportunities to network with people who are doing what you want to be doing, even if you can get in and, and assist them or just be in their orbit or have them know who you are, you know, that's how you do it. And it's not going to happen from sitting in your room sitting behind this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it makes me think of when I was a student and <clears throat> thankfully when I was a student, social media was not like it is today. Um, and it, so it was used more of as a distraction and not so much as like a marketing tool. Um, but we, there, there was an educator that came in. Sally Rogerson was one of the first like big named people that came in and did a presentation for us. And 
I actually have worked for Sally now in my career multiple times. And it's like, how terrible would it have been if I dismissed her, didn't pay attention, you know, because she remembers that too, because it was like, you know, she's able to kind of look back and be like, I do. I, yeah, I actually remember that we have pictures together that, you know, it, it makes a difference while you're in school being present and being available and being kind of, you know, in that moment of like, I'm going to make this work for myself because I'm paying to be here and I'm going to make, take my money's worth from school. And it, it really does follow you in your career. Like I met my business partner while I in cosmetology school mm. that led me to getting to meet Russell and both of you. And so it really is that trickle effect of, of what you do in school makes a difference in the rest of your career. I think that a lot of times since we're in a, a technique driven industry, people think if I do the world's greatest fade, if I do the world's greatest Bob, if I do technically excellent Sassoon level quality haircuts, then I'm going to have the world at my plate and I'll have everything I want. When in reality, your success and failure is only maybe 40% based upon your technical ability. And the rest of it, the rest of it is your personality, your availability, how close you are, how much you charge. Are you a nice person to be around? Are you consistent? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you show up. Well, because you might have somebody that's like, I only called off five times this year. Yeah, but you canceled Susie Smith five times this year. Right. Yeah. And those are the things that that matter. They do matter. We were talking, we were talking about um practicing and inconsistency. I get a lot of people who always say, well, you know, how do you, how do you know, how do you work with a manufacturer or how do you get these people to, to hire you to do jobs or whatever the case may be? Oh, I can do a design. Oh, I do a crispy fade. By the way, just for everybody that's out there listening and watching right now, manufacturers don't care about that. Can you speak? Can yep. you be comfortably uncomfortable? Can you talk about their product? How I was going to say, sell? actually, can you sell their product? Can you sell uh-huh. their product, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're not if you're hiding from the work, if you can't give a basic foundational haircut, these are the yeah. things that you have to build off of to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, can you speak? How are your people skills? You know, um, Lauren will tell you. You know, before we started getting together and doing shows, she never liked public speaking. And then she pushed herself one day we were at the... Uh, no, I started doing it before we met because I yeah. knew that if I didn't face this, I, I could only go so far. I was already like maxed out at the salon. I was already doing the most like public speaking was the one thing I just never liked. But I also knew that it was going to be the one thing that held me back. So uh-huh. I started emceeing events and they were so painful. Like, <laughs> like, hello, um, thank you for coming, everyone. Like they were just pitiful. <laughs> and we hosted Naha last year, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's like getting out in front of those those moments and and forcing yourself to I mean, the first like five events I did were pitiful but then I, I found my voice I found my way and then we started doing the the hair shows and and I was so glad that I did nobody made me do it mm-hmm. nobody told me that's what I needed to do I just knew that it was going to be the thing that held me back and so yeah it's just continuing to push through and doing anything that made me uncomfortable was what I was doing I uh-huh. couldn't braid remember when braided updos started coming back and I'm like well shit yeah. I learned in the 90s nobody was getting braids I don't know <laughs> mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. no I, I got mm-hmm. a mannequin and whenever we were watching TV I had a mannequin in my lap and I was just 
getting the dexterity down was the biggest thing. And then perms, I did that. I never learned perms because nobody was teaching that in my apprenticeship in the nineties. Right. Yeah. So that was something that once they started coming back, I, I just had to fumble through and figure out. So yeah. So that's, that's the thing that we have to communicate well is that it's, yes, you have to be technically proficient. You don't have to be the greatest. You just have to be technically proficient. If you're better than average at a lot of things, you're going to go far. But mm-hmm. it's it's all the other things that the communication, the showing up on time, the consistency is the hardest part. You know, yeah, and then yeah. respect for your client. Mm-hmm. You know, we all mm-hmm. want to talk about they got to respect me. They got to respect no. my time. Well, no. I have to respect their time just as much as I'm going to demand that they respect mine. Mm-hmm. And it's also I care about them. I don't right. want them to walk out with some funky haircut, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't want them to walk out with something that I'm just not feeling it. You know, that, well, that's, that's not seeing that, you know, right. all these stylists putting these fees and, you know, go, going online and blasting their clients. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like none of my clients were ever late and I had no, no shows, but mm-hmm. I never run behind. Never, ever, like never, ever not, mm-hmm. not. Well, if I do, it's not my fault. Nope, that's yeah. definitely my fault if I run behind. So I never run behind mm-hmm. and I never canceled my clients. So guess what? I was afforded that same respect. Yeah, back. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, absolutely. You, have this whole, you have this whole thing about, you know, charging your worth and knowing yeah. your value. Well, if you just got out of school, tell me what your worth is and what your value is. Minimum you wage. Know, if, if, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, are you calling off all the time? Yeah, are you yeah. showing up for work late every day? Like those things, I think we're headed into a bit of a blip in the, in the economy. And I think the, the know your worth people are going to start to be the eye of openings people real quick. Cause mm-hmm. you know, when you aren't providing a value and you are making your clients feel like they're doing something wrong every time they come see you, or that they don't respect you. And I mean, you're in the service industry. Like we're here to serve, right. not to be served. Uh-huh. That that there's a difference. But those are the those are the those are the first things that get cut when somebody loses their job. Everybody needs haircuts, mm-hmm. but they're not going to pay a hundred dollars a haircut if you're making them feel like trash every time they're with you. Mm-hmm. When they can go down the street and get a fifteen dollar haircut that may not be as good, it might be the same. Mm-hmm. To be real honest with you. But the people are being a little nicer about it. It's just, yeah. it definitely. You got to be prepared for when the economy takes a dump because, and also live within your means. Because if I lost 20% of my clientele tomorrow, I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. I live well within my means. I, I have enough clientele that I could lose 25% and still be busy. But you so, know the difference is though? Okay. A lot of students don't understand money and numbers follow. They don't live. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Right? So if you leave with, oh, I know my value, or I'm charging my worth, and there's a no-show fee. Listen, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. Well, and those, those are the people that are going to lose people. In 2010, during the last recession, I bought a house by myself. Single mm-hmm. mom, two kids, bought a house in 2010. <laughs> yep. Because I was good to my clients. So even though there yeah. was definitely a dip, like I, I was able to continue to keep moving because my, you know, yeah. my clients, uh, I had a client whose son was getting chemo and she just couldn't afford to get her hair done while he was yeah. going. I gave her her hair at no charge until her yeah. son was done with chemo. You know, I have, and I have plenty of clients that come in that I don't charge my worth because yeah. number one, I know that they can't afford my worth. And number two, mm-hmm. I like them as a clientele. I enjoy their company. So mm-hmm. guy's got three hairs on his head. What am I going to charge him? 50 bucks? Baby, your haircut's 20 bucks. I know it's a lot still for someone that's bald, you know, 
you know, but those are the things that, well, and those are the things that fill your cup so that you're not dealing with just the transactional haircuts all day. You're doing the the part that feels good too. Yeah. 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 I'd rather do someone for 20 bucks than do nurse ratchet for 80 bucks. You know, so I just want everybody to understand what it means to pay it forward. Right. You got, you have a haircut price. Sometimes your clients just don't have it and genuinely just don't have it. Not that they're trying to rob you. They're not trying to steal from you. Sometimes they just don't have it. If you pay it forward, you don't even realize how many more clients you just get from that. I learned something from my wife a couple of weeks ago that the universe only says yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing good works and, and people who don't have it, you still say yes. Guess what? The universe hears that, too. Mm-hmm. So now that one client who you did the solid for or you paid it forward to, they told three or other four people to come and see you just off of GP. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and those are the people that refer everyone because they're like, they're just such good people. Mm-hmm. Go see mm-hmm. them. They're just mm-hmm. so, you know, and they want to tell everybody about yeah. you and your good beating heart. That's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> Something that I want to add in here too is, is because we're talking a lot about respect is I think from a student perspective and for any students that are currently enrolled listening to this right now, respect the school that you're going to, you know, don't look at it just as like, well, I paid them my money. So they, you know, they serve me buy in to the place that you, you chose to go to that school for whatever reason it was like, obviously there was something there that was like, yep, this is the one, this is the one I want to give my money and time to buy into that. Because if you buy into the process of it, like the respect of it is all going to come out. You're respecting yourself. You're respecting where you're coming from. And eventually that respect is going to be a trickle effect down your career. Sometimes your life as a cosmetologist or a barber is going to spill into your personal life. Mm-hmm. The same the same way that I am in school with my students is the same way that I am at home with my wife and my kids. You, uh, my, our daughter is our receptionist um, a couple of days a week, and one of the students came up to her and said, is your dad like that all the time? She's like, girl, <laughs> he's worse at home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't, don't tell him you made a good grade. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, but sometimes the things that you learn from this industry, you also take those things in life and you'll start to see so many amazing things just happen mm-hmm. and open up for you because you understand that your, your best ability is availability. You understand that, you know, that you have to be nice to people and and accepting in order to be a good leader. You first have to be a good follower, right? So you have to follow the instruction from your instructors and from the staff and from people who just genuinely care about you, Mm -hmm. your money that you spend in school. Listen, that covers a very, very small portion of what actually goes into. Well, and if you pay that money and you spend your entire day avoiding the work, you're not getting over on your school, right. you're getting one over on yourself because you exactly. just paid money and didn't get the education for it. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you do clients on the clinic floor, the schools don't make any money off the clinic floor. No. no do the work, get the work in, get those reps in. You know, I think that being a student is much like going to a gymnasium, right? So you go in, you got clients, you get stronger. You go in, you lift weights, you get stronger. Every mm-hmm. haircut, you get stronger. Every time you lift a dumbbell, you're getting stronger. So get the reps in so that when your your time at that school is done, you come out faster, stronger, and more efficient in everything that you do. I was just thinking about how <laughs> I think a lot of the times 
the the pushback that we're getting from the the beauty school student or the barber student or the or the the, the new stylist within the first five years of their career is all stemming from fear, mm-hmm. fear of, oh, of yeah. failing, fear of not having the right words to speak. You know, because I'm a big proponent on having the words to say. If I don't know how to say something, I need to copy someone and how they're saying it, and then I can make it my own, and then I can say it and it comes from me. So yeah. you got to have the right words. You got to be willing to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be uncomfortable, where you're going to mess up, where you're going to screw up. But then I can go say, hey. Uh, Mr. Sam, can you come over here and fix this haircut I jacked up? I tried my best, but it's terrible. And you're yeah. going to come over and say, oh, it's okay. See, see right here. This is how we need to do this right here. You're not going to come over and ridicule them. No. Uh-huh. You, know, you know what? I think that students are, so they, they fear all those things. But I think the biggest thing they fear mm-hmm. is actually being successful at this. Ah, that's a big one. Yeah. spin on them. Yeah. Right. So let's say that you let's say that you do the work. Let's say that you, you know, you you got the best attendance uh, average. You got great grades. You you went to the boards and you passed one and done on the first time. That's setting you up for success. But there's so many students because of this unnecessary angst that they have coming into the industry that actually doing a good job and being paid for a good job and being uh-huh. successful in it. They fear that, too. So mm. sometimes, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a process. You know, it's 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 understanding, you know, how do I get this student who struggles with anxiety and fear and 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 all these other things that they have going on outside of school, but also get them to a level where they can actually do well, have a career and not a job or a hustle and get them to pass the boards. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh it's definitely an uphill journey sometimes for for school leaders. But I think that at some point if we make the effort to create a win-win situation, right? Like, okay, so yeah, you don't want to be in theory class, so let's do half theory, half practical. Mm-hmm. We all, mm-hmm. as school leaders, I think that we have to get a little bit more creative in how we present education. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, we've taken a stand where we're actually having the students help us to create what they learn on a daily basis. Um, do you like being on your phones? Good, guess where their curriculum is now? Mm-hmm. It's on their phones, mm-hmm. you know? So if you got to be on your phone, when I come by, it better not be on Instagram. It needs to be on our <laughs> platform, you know, with all the learning tools and essentials that you need. So, yes. um, you know, 21st century education is, is a little difficult, but I thank God for my wife and I for having that creativity and that eye to to see that some things don't, don't you know, her words are, it works until it doesn't work. Right. And when it doesn't work, you burn it. Yes. And I think right. that I do a lot of that. Yeah. You know, um, something really cool that we came up with is now our students have block scheduling. So some students don't like their instructors. Cool. Now you only have to have two hours. Some of our instructors don't like the students either, so it's okay. <laughs> you know? Six and a half dozen another. Damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Yes. Uh, we put together a structure to where now each student is only with an instructor for two days every every Two hours every two hours, day. Two hours every day. Right. So um, we put in a professional development class, um, which is part of our block scheduling, too, where um, much like Motown, I don't know if you guys know the real story, but they had this one house where all the artists would go in for professional development. They learn how to speak. They learn about, um, you know, how to dress, how to talk to the public, whatever the case may be. So in our professional development class, they learn super, super heavy soft skills. Please and thank you. Legendary customer service. 
um, you know, how to start a barbershop. We talk about taxes, 1099s versus W-2s, like a, a number of different things. Yes. And it seems to be working out pretty good. So um, shout out to innovation and just forward. People things. hate that too. <laughs> you ask them why and they can't give a reason. But I, I think it's great because they go theory for two hours, practical for two hours, professional development for two hours. It's the whole day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I like it. I mean, I think it keeps, I've noticed a lot less wandering, which tells me there's a lot more learning going on. That's right? great. So, that's that's great. amazing. That's you know, great. Gotta get creative sometimes. Yeah. So how can people find you on the internet? Um, well, let's see. I'm on Instagram as Lauren M Mosier dot com m-o-s-e-r i'm on facebook as lauren samuels because running from the law on facebook no i'm just kidding i don't know i have names everywhere i have my married name on facebook and my maiden name not even my maiden name on instagram and then what else do we have um we're at hair lab detroit barber school on instagram i'm at roderick r-o-d-r-i-c-k samuel on instagram but I also started a new page that's called um, at Teaching Barbers is My Jam. Um, that's where I share like little tips and tricks that I actually use in the classroom. So I need one that financial aid is my jam. Girl, listen, <laughs> you, that would have to be a subscription. <laughs> um, I'm going to go work for the Department of Ed after this because I got mm-hmm. lots of things to say. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of videos and stuff out there of us as well. I don't, I don't know. But, but we're teaching the good stuff on our YouTube. So. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. If you do want to watch anybody on YouTube, <laughs> I would highly recommend these two because it is solid education. <laughs> you will right. not see a bowl cut. There is not a bowl <laughs> cut to be seen. No. no. Well, if you need some help with the bowl cut, Miss Lauren, I got you. I'm, I'm an okay. expert. <laughs> I'll come so out to Detroit. I'll give you a bowl cut. No problem. You took all those trend classes too, I see. That's the only ones I took. I didn't want to do like normal hair. I'm no. an artist. I'm an artist. Yeah, yeah. Well, those trend on. classes always made my brain feel like it was going to be too much math. You lost me. Too much. Class, I felt like it was an episode of MacGyver. I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, so this paper clip and this tool is supposed to make this big monstrosity. Yeah, that's right. I just, that's right. I just never got it. So. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. You know, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's a lot of great information and I hope that it, uh, that it finds the right people's ears so that they can hear yeah. and improve their life. You know, absolutely. Uh, please give us a review on, uh, what are we on? We're on Spotify. We're on Apple podcasts, iTunes, iTunes Apple iTunes. Okay. Oh Amazon my gosh. Music. I'm getting worse and worse. The first time <laughs> I ever did this right through. <laughs> Now we're on episode 20. It. It's worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I know. My uh, openers get worse. <laughs> You'll find us. <laughs> I'll get it right one of these days. And uh, let us know what you'd like to hear in the future, who we'd like to talk to, and all that fun stuff. And uh, we will see you guys soon. Thank you so much. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Bye.